You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another exciting episode of the Grace Burger Show. I'm Jeff Morrow, along with our, our, our star of the show, Grace Burger, and we're here to recap the IU women's season since we last talked, and also to find out what Grace is doing in the offseason, and also to catch up on some of the more exciting news that's hit the IU women's program since the season's ended. So, Grace, I'll give you an opportunity to say hello to the fans. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for their support throughout the season. Um you know, obviously we didn't reach some of our goals, but it was still a really successful season and we're just excited to to build on it for next year and I'm excited to talk about it with you. And just kind of what have you done since the season ended? Kind of we'll, I'll kind of attack it from that standpoint. What have you been doing since the season ended? Yeah, so um we always get two full weeks um off, so a lot of us that are, you know, live a little closer to Bloomington can kind of go home and um, just take a break from basketball, um, spend some time with our with our family, some much needed time. Um, but, you know, we've still been up here taking classes. Um, a lot of people have been doing some optional workouts, um, a lot of conditioning. Um, and then this past week, we just started um, getting back in, into doing conditioning and, and, and strength training as a team. Um, and some of us are getting on the court as well. So um, it's definitely a lot more relaxed now that the season's over, but um, we're still work, working hard for sure. So were you able to get a few days away from campus, as you had mentioned, you got two feet, two kind of two weeks off from basketball, but I know spring break was like during the NCAA tournament. So were you able to get a few days away from campus though? Yeah. Um, so I only have one in-person class a week, so it's kind of nice. Um, so I was able to go home just a two hour drive. So pretty quick and easy and spend some time with my friends and family and um, just take a little break. That's cool. That's great. So you talked a little bit about kind of getting back into the conditioning. Is that kind of, is that more of a gradual buildup or does the strength and conditioning coach kind of be like, okay, we're right back at it. You know, let's not lose anything that we had gained during the season. Um, No, I mean, you know, we probably can't be going as hard as we do during the season or even the summertime Um, all year round. Our bodies might not, might not be able to keep up with that. So it's definitely um, a little more relaxed right now. Um, a lot of focus in the weight room, more so than conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into more conditioning um, and a little harder training um, in the summer and, and once we get back in June. And for our fans who who don't understand or don't know all the NCAA rules, are you limited to how many hours you can be in contact with, example, at the strength and conditioning coach or any of the coaching staff? We are limited. Um, I don't know if I can give you the exact um, time. I know it's, it's four hours, um, on the court during the summer, during the off season. So, um, that's all we can do on the court. Um, four hours a week. Yeah. Yes. So strength and conditioning, you know, it's probably just like an hour, um, three times a week. So we're not, we're not doing too much right now, but if you wanted to, you could get on your own, you could get into cook hall anytime, right? Right. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure we kind of got, got that. And, and, and to me, that's one of the things that I don't, we've talked about a little bit off and on during the season. Now that the season's over, that's, you know, you've, you've really talked about it a few times I've asked you that that's really kind of where the improvement is. It's in the off season. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, during the season, you're so focused on opponents and 
um, playing as a team, getting better as a team. So I think the off season, um, at least in our program, is a really good time to kind of get pushed individually, um, whether that be in the strength room or, or on the court, um, to get better at what you need to get better at um, as an individual. So then you're ready when um, November comes around. All right. So uh, we'll go back to the last three games. When we talked, we talked last time we talked was right before the tournament. And mm-hmm. we were talking about the excitement of hosting. So d- was those two games in Bloomington everything you had hoped it would be? It was. I mean, just seeing how many people were excited about women's basketball, um, you know, not even just our game, but just tournament in general, I think um, was really exciting. I think, you know, to see all those people, um, you know, more people than I've ever seen in assembly hall um, for a women's game. So, you know, as a senior, it was kind of, you know, coming full circle for me, kind of, you know, where the crowds were um, maybe early on in my career and some of the crowds we've seen to what we've built. Um, and we hope that that continues in the next season. And then the student section um, was unbelievable for us. I mean, they brought a lot of energy. I think they made it really hard on the, you know, the teams we played gave us a huge home court advantage. So, you know, like I said, it was great. And we hope that they, you know, want to keep coming back next year. Yeah, definitely hope they keep coming back next year. I'm going to kind of skip ahead. You had, I hate to call a, a, a I won't say, I won't use the word. Uh, let me rephrase that. I'll, I'll say you had a, a good win over Charlotte mm-hmm. that uh, uh, double digit, you know, a, a very good double digit win over Charlotte. So I want to go to the Princeton game. Um, and we had talked kind of beforehand before the tournament there. And I had been on with, uh, some of the AC guys, assembly call guys. And I told them that I thought Princeton would be dangerous. That just don't assume Kentucky was going to win that game. So watching the Princeton Kentucky game prior to playing them, what did you think of Princeton at coming out of that game? Cause I'm sure, I know you watched some of, I know you t- told me beforehand that you'd been watching some film about on the teams, but what did you think of Princeton when you saw them in person live? Um, I mean, I think, you know, they probably, they definitely don't get as much national attention as they deserve just being in the Ivy League, a smaller league. Um, So they don't get as much TV time, as much media attention and all that. So um, they're definitely a team that, you know, as we saw, is really easy to overlook. Um, But once we, you know, got on the court with them, and even when I was watching them against Kentucky, I mean, that was a a power five level, you know, big 10 level opponent. just as good as, as the teams we've played throughout the season. So um, we had a lot of respect for them um, going into the tournament, but especially after we saw them play Kentucky in person and just got to see how good they were, how well coached they were. Um, we knew we had our hands full. And, um, you know, like I said, we just had a lot of respect for them going into the game. And, and speaking of Princeton, uh, watching that game a little bit, did you feel like, because what I was, saw was kind of a mirror image of your team. They they really prided themselves on the defensive end. And so did you feel almost like a mirror image of, of what you saw every day in practice? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that definitely, you know, gives us an advantage because like you said, we go against it every day in practice, that good of a defense. But um, they were definitely, I mean, one of the best defensive teams we played all year. Um, just really sound, uh, made, you know, everything, everything tough on us. We got nothing easy as a team. So, um, you know, credit to them. I mean, they're a really, really talented team. And so go down to the end of that game. Um, the ball gets put in your hands. I believe coming out of a timeout, I don't know. And, and I kind of like go through that play. If I remember correctly, you were tied coming mm-hmm. out of the timeout. Um, and so just kind of what was the, what was the, what was the word from the coaching staff as they were in the, in the huddle drawing, drawing up something, or was it more of a, just, we're going to get the ball in Grace's hands and she's going to make a play. No, I mean, we knew, especially against, 
a defense that was as talented as Princeton's that, that we'd have to draw something up. And that's a play that um, Coach Rhett, one of our assistants, has, has drawn up in practice before. So we've, you know, ran that same play or something like it um, uh, many times in practice um, that week prior and really the whole season because we knew, you know, moments would come up like that. And it, it happened to, you know, be a 30-second game tied. So um, we we had been through it and we, we knew what to expect. Um, everybody got in their position and we knew, you know, different reads um, that I would have. It's not necessarily me taking the shot, obviously. Um, but luckily, you know, I saw a lane, I saw an opening. So I was able, able to get a, a pretty easy layup. And, and just watching you this year and talking with you, it's it, from a coaching standpoint, you, you are one of those kids that just it almost thrives in that position. Do you feel a comfortable level to know the balls in your hands in a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's come with, you know, me playing four years and, and just gaining my confidence slowly over the years. And then I think the main thing is just having coaches and, and teammates that believe in you and that want the ball in your hands. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you have that over there on the sideline and on the court with you, I think it makes it really easy to be confident in yourself um, to make the right decision in that moment. The Grace Burger Show is presented by Farrell Wealth. Farrell Wealth was founded by former IU All-Big Ten defensive end Greg Farrell, who is now experiencing IU all over again as a parent with two girls who are juniors in the IU Media School, interns at the Cuban Center, and own their own business. And, you know, Greg learned trust and integrity while playing for legendary coach Bill Mallory, traits he's worked hard to instill in his girls. He also learned how to game plan. Feral Wealth uses these principles to help high net worth individuals and business owners pursue financial success. Wealth planning is their passion, so you can live yours. Their fiduciary plans include investments, insurance, taxes, executive compensation, and charitable giving in this lifetime and beyond. Like any good team, the IU women's basketball team, for example, you need to plan and work the plan. Well, what is your plan? Contact Feral Wealth through all socials at Feral Wealth and their website, feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com. Feral Wealth is a proud supporter of IU Athletics. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory firm member F-I-N-R-A, S-I-P-C. After the game, you are talking about the crowd before. Uh, several of you went up into the crowd and, and kind of high-fived with some of the students and some of the fans. Um, that just, you know, to you, you know, was that just kind of spontaneous for the team to do that? Or did somebody have the idea to go up in there? Um, I think we all just saw McKenzie kind of take off. I think she got caught up in the moment a little bit, got really excited. Um, she just sprinted over there, and then one by one, um, we just kind of followed her. And, um, you know, that was definitely a memory that we'll remember for a really long time. And it was just fun to get up there with them and just thank them for for coming to our game, for sure. Yeah, I apologize if you hear any noise in the background. We're, we're recording this while I'm after school here, and, and it's been raining in Rensselaer all day. So we're, we've got some indoor practices going on today. Uh, the track team is running the hall. So if anybody hears some noises, it's because that's my apologies to, to Grace and to all of our listeners uh, on the podcast. Um, so then you go now, and, and we didn't talk a whole lot about this last time, but I looked ahead. I, I thought you guys had one of the toughest draws coming out of the tournament because you were going to have to go to 
uh, Bridgeport and play, if everything went according to the plan, you were going to play the number two seed UConn uh, Huskies. And that's who you got. And in, in essence, really kind of a, um, a home game for them uh, as well. So just kind of before the game, what was the mindset going in that week playing UConn? Um, I mean, you know, we, first of all, you know, we knew that any draw that we got was going to get hard, especially when you get in that sweet 16 game, there's really not an easy matchup. You know, every team is there for a reason. So, um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, a lot of talk about not only playing UConn, but, you know, going to Connecticut to play them, uh, you know, every, pretty much every fan there was, was for them and against us. We had a nice little section, but, um, but, you know, if we, if we, you know, we felt like if we followed our game plan, um, we had the tools to compete with them and beat them. Um, obviously, we, you know, we didn't have a very good showing. We didn't play very well that day. But, um, you know, we felt like obviously this year, and I think we proved it, that um, if we if we were clicking on all cylinders, uh, we could compete and we could beat anybody. But obviously that it just wasn't our day. But I, I wouldn't blame that on um, the draw or, or playing in Connecticut or anything like that. Yeah, I just was saying from the standpoint of just being a number three seed, there there were other number two seeds that might have been a little better. And and by the way, I, I thought you guys played a really good first half. It was just kind of that third quarter that got mm-hmm. away from you. So, I mean, for, for the first 20 minutes, you were giving them everything they wanted. I mean, this is the team that goes to the national championship game eventually. And to me, that's the other thing I, I think you guys can look at is it took a team that went basically to the final game of the of the tournament to knock you out. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened last year with Arizona. So um, we're hoping that next year, you know, we're the one that's not going to team out and play in the national championship game. And I know it may not seem much to you guys after the fact, but I I just was really, I thought Coach Ariema had some nice things to say about the program and about the team um, and, and such. And and, and I, so I don't think UConn was overlooking you at all. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I just thought they talked about how well, you know, for example, the one of the, of the quotes I remember is it really felt like you guys as a team had a really high basketball IQ. And I thought that was the ultimate compliment you could give to any team. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, so, so now la- earlier in the year, we talked a little bit about what it was like after losing to Arizona last year. But this year now you lose to UConn and the season's over. What I know it was it was probably a sadness, but was it a little different knowing that you had some people moving on this year compared to last year, where you kind of kind of had the idea of everybody was going to be back? Yeah, no, I mean it's a lot different than it was last year because um, you know when we lost to Arizona, we knew we'd get another kind of chance at it the next year, um, and obviously you know this this time was the, the last the last go around for. Um, the girls that I've played with for three, four years. Um, so, you know, it, it's it definitely, I think, obviously, you know, it was sad losing the game and that was hard and we're very competitive. So that wasn't, you know, fun to lose a game ever, but it was, it was more sad, I'd say, after the fact to kind of see the disappointment in Allie's eyes and Alexa's and, and Nikki's and just seeing that, um, you know, how, how badly they wanted to win and move on to the final four and we weren't able to do that. So, um, it, it was definitely, I would say, a little bit harder on um, the position we were in this year. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is, is always hard as a coach to look at kids, players who are doing it for the, the you know, if we're going to put the uniform on for the last time, at least in IU jersey for the last time. Mm-hmm. 
So without maybe any secrets, anything that coach, any, any, if I ever get back into coaching, maybe you can, I can learn something from coach okay. Warren here. Is there anything that she says after a game like that, that, that you find that's at least somewhat comforting? Um, I mean, you know, just, I think she, she told us, you know, how proud she was of us and um, we're going to have a lot of memories that we'll remember for, for a lifetime. Um, but, you know, I mean, she was, she was equally up, upset, I think, to see those, um, you know, four seniors kind of move on that there was a last game because we all thought we'd be playing, you know, well into the final four. So um, I think, you know, she, she was just as upset um, that they were moving on as all of us. So, yeah, I, and I get that. I, I totally do. Um, so I'll kind of go this route too. So speaking of coach Morin, do you guys have, do, do you sit down with the coaching staff after the season like that? Like, you know, I'm not saying like the day after, but we used to call them exit interviews. Do, do you have anything like that where she pulls you guys in kind of maybe one at a time or in groups and say, especially for you who are coming back and say, okay, now we got to start getting ready for next year or, or rec- or maybe goes back over last year. Do you guys have any like interview type thing like that? Yeah, um, we all have kind of an exit interview type thing, um, especially the people that return. We'll just go up and talk to her and, and, and a couple of our different coaches. And, you know, the main focus is really just where we can get better for next year. Um, and we look back at, at how the year went and kind of talk through some things and then just kind of really set up a game plan for how, as an individual, you can help the team um, in, in different and in better ways um, than you might have been able to in the past year. And so we talked a little bit in the first part about kind of the, the off season. Do you have, um, and I know you've been a, you told me before, and I've read some articles here uh, uh, after the Big Ten tournament about some of your dribbling drills that you did when you were younger. Do you kind of have a set workout that you like to go to in the off season, or is that something that the coaches kind of come to you and go, "Hey, we need you to do this and this," or you know, or is a combination of the two? Well, um, we get eight weeks during the summer where the coaches are working us out um, four or five times a week. So during that time, I'm pretty much just doing what, um, you know, our assistant coaches are are telling me to do as they're putting me through workouts. But um, we also have a lot of, you know, free time where we're kind of free to go home or work out and cook all by ourselves in May and in August. So um, at those times, I'm, you know, putting myself through the workouts I've been doing since I was you know, pretty little. Um, I still have the same routine. So um, definitely, I would say a combination of me doing the stuff I've always done and, and um, the coaches pushing me to do new stuff. Um, you had mentioned several times throughout the course of the season that Allie was kind of your go-to partner for Cook Hall. I, I honestly don't know. So this is why I'm asking, it, mm-hmm. are kids like Allie and Alexa and Nikki who've used up their eligibility, are they allowed to come in and work out still? Yeah, I mean, they had a really quick turnaround with the draft and, and everything like that. So um, they might have taken a couple of days off and they're back in, um, you know, working on their games, doing conditioning, um, doing weightlifting, just like the season never ended. So, um, you know, they're still still um, working out every day. Yeah, I just wasn't sure about that because like here in the state of Indiana with the high school rules the way they are, once you kind of graduated, it's harder to come in and do like workouts with the kids coming back and stuff. So I wasn't sure what that would do. Support for The Grace Burger Show is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have one of the most extensive collections of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And it's not just IU apparel. They have over 100 
colleges and universities, and what they do is they go back into history and they pull out old vintage brand marks that haven't been used in a long time, but that still look really cool and that have this really great kind of nostalgic appeal. And they pull them into modern day and they've created such a great niche because, you know, A, the the actual material that their stuff is printed on, the shirts, the crew neck sweaters, the hoodies, it's really comfortable. It holds up when it's washed. And then the logos all look just so cool. It's just such a unique niche uh, that they have. And you can go to homefieldapparel.com. Uh, Again, look through over 40 items uh, of IU apparel. IU is their original school, and so that's what they have the most of. But you can also browse through all of their other colleges and universities as well. And when you're ready to purchase, if it's your first time there, use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E. That will give you 15% off your first order. So again, it's homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. At this point, I'm not I'm not trying to give away anything or or, or, or put pressure in there. But at this point, is, is there any off season like summertime? Like last year, you played with USA Basketball. Is there anything like that coming up for you, or is it still too early to know about some of those things? Um, I mean, as of now, no. So I'm just I'm going to be in Bloomington in the summer with all of my teammates um, and just really working on our games. And you mentioned the WNBA. We mentioned the, the WNBA in the draft a little bit. And just for our fans who may not know the rules as well, uh, they see like on the men's side, a kid will say, I'm going to, I'm going to put my name into the draft, but I'm going to retain my eligibility. And the NBA has that process where they'll give feedback to kids. Do you know, does the WNBA have anything like that to where you can get feedback to know whether or not you would, you know, where you might get drafted? No, I mean, I I wish they did, Um, especially seeing the men's players kind of having the freedom to do that. It would be, you know, certainly nice to kind of hear what they were thinking just so you can know um, what to get better with. But uh, Coach Morin and all of our coaches are, are pretty, you know, in the loop with all of that stuff. So, um, you know, they're really good about uh, knowing that I do have aspirations to play professionally along with, you know, some of my teammates now and telling us kind of where we need to take our games to if we if we want to um, fulfill that goal. So did you guys maybe get together and watch the draft or, I mean, knowing that Allie and Nikki and Alexa were in the draft, did you guys kind of get together to watch it? Um, Yeah, a a couple of us um, were with Allie and Alexa, and I think Nikki was kind of nervous. I just wanted to watch by herself. um, And that's how, um, you know, we kind of had to talk Alexa and Allie into letting us watch it. Um, with them just because it is really nerve-wracking I mean it's nerve-wracking for us too but um, it's definitely you know their futures on the line and you really have no idea so um, it was an exciting night though seeing Allie's name called seeing Alexa get a training camp so um, it, it was definitely an exciting night yeah that's what I was going to ask you it was going to be my follow-up was, was everybody pretty obviously pretty excited but was there a lot of cheering and screaming and things like that when Allie's name got called yeah for sure because you know we had no idea and I think it was just kind of during a commercial break or commercial break had just ended. Um, and then we just saw her name pop up on the bottom line. So, um, you know, that was the first time obviously I've ever been with someone and see their name get called. So, um, it, it was unbelievable for me and, um, for Allie too, I hope. Yeah. And it just was interesting that she was drafted by the fever. So if she makes the team, she's like never left the state of Indiana to, to, to play basketball. So um, that kind of takes me back. And I didn't ask you much about this at the end of the season, because you had so much going on. You guys had played so many games, but one of the big news items was when you announced that you were going to take your COVID year and come back. And as best you can, maybe explain to our fans, 
um, what the process was like for you during that decision making to make, to decide to come back for the COVID year? Um, I think it, you know, it was always something that I knew um, I was, you know, probably going to do um, just because I love college basketball. Obviously, I love IU and, and playing for my coaches and with my teammates. Um, so for me, you know, there's no there's no real rush um, to kind of move on. The WNBA is still going to be there next year. Um, playing overseas is still going to be there next year. So um, I thought, you know, for one, um, playing for IU is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it's something that, you know, I love to do. Um, and two, I mean, I can come back a year and get better and hopefully, you know, not only get better as an individual, but hopefully win, you know, a Big Ten championship and make it to a Final Four. Um, so, I mean, th that was kind of my thought process. Um, it's something that coming back to IU, I just knew, you know, ultimately that I couldn't pass up and that's um, something that, you know, I, I really wanted to do. Yeah. And, and I kind of go back to the draft real quick and, and you mentioned Alexa getting signed to a training camp. As far as you know, has Nikki had any, uh, chances to sign or at least get invited to a try to a camp yet? Yeah. Um, you know, you'd have to ask Nikki, but, okay. um, Nikki, I mean, she'll, she'll have plenty of opportunities. You know, she's originally from Spain. So um, she's really, really, I think, excited about, um, you know, playing in a professional league over there. Um, and I think she's going to have a lot of success. And so um, long term, I think that's what she really wants to do. So kind of to finish, uh, wrap up this last little segment here. Uh, now let's kind of focus to next year because unfortunately the 21-22 season's over. W what are you what do you think about the season? I know it's April the 13th, but what what are you what are you kind of thinking about the season with some of the news that's come out here over the past weekend with some of the kids that are coming in for the transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, and the kids were coming back like yourself. Right. We were already excited just with the core that we had, you know, coming back. And then um the freshmen that are coming in, you know, I've I've seen a lot of them play. Um, on video and heard great things about them. So we knew that they were really talented and going to add a lot, a lot to our team next year. Um, but then just to have the transfers that we did um, to fill some big holes, get some experience um, and a lot of talent, um, you know, whether that be at the wing spot, point guard spot. And um, obviously we got, you know, a, a really good post player too. So um, we just fill all the holes that we needed. And so now we feel like we're a really complete team with a lot of depth. Um, and, it, and it's just going to be, you know, really exciting to see how it all plays out. Just a quick question. I know you've never been in the transfer portal and we don't want you ever to be in the transfer portal, but, um, is it the recruiting on that? Is that just, I mean, is it almost like lightning quick? I mean, do they even get a chance to come to campus and meet you guys that, or is it just such a quick, you know, because it seemed like it just seems it's such a quick process compared to the two, three years you spend in high school getting recruited. Yeah, um, a lot of them will come visit, and then a lot of people um, do end up committing, I think, without visiting. But obviously, they're still on phone calls with the players and, and the staff and really getting to know us and what we're all about um, and what our culture is here. Um, but, you know, really, when you've been in college for two, three, um, sometimes four years, you kind of know what you want. So I don't think there's as much of a need um, as there is for someone in high school because you should have, you know, a list of things. Um, that maybe you didn't like at your previous stop. You kind of know how college works because um, you've lived it. And I think that makes the decision a little, little easier. And, and, and I want to get anybody in trouble. So we'll try, I'll try not to mention names or anything, but will it, you one of your transfers is a 
student, young uh, player from uh, Minnesota. Will that be, I mean, will that seem a little weird to be suiting up with somebody that you played against for two or three years? Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, it, it is a little weird. Uh, you know, when she came and put on the Indiana uniform, we were all kind of like, this is a little weird. She thought it was a little weird initially, but then we, you know, we realized that she looked really good in it and, and yes. we wanted her to be a Hoosier. So um, I, you know, I don't think it'll be weird for us. Um, but I think, you know, it, maybe it'll be a little more weird for her when we do play, um, Minnesota. Um, I think that's definitely weird. Um, but, um, you know, we're really excited to get her. She's a, she's a great girl and obviously a great player. So, um, I'm just thrilled that I get to be her teammate. So with the freshmen, the incoming freshmen and, and the transfers, when's the first time they can kind of actually start working out? I mean, I guess summer school, when, when would be kind of the first day of summer school? Um, the, the transfers will be here the beginning of June, and then the freshmen usually get here about um, two weeks later than that. So they get six weeks during the summer, and, and um, all the returners and the transfers will get eight weeks together. So, okay. um, yeah, so that's that's how that works. We'll all be together in the summer. Okay. Yeah. I just wasn't sure when that, you know, kind of the summer went kind of began when the official summer began for the NCAA. So um, last but not least, just want to give you a chance to say anything about the season and, and, and the experience you've had here. We are going to do one more episode of the Grace Burger show. We have uh, 12 episodes, our next one, it will be kind of an ask me anything episode. So for our listeners who want to shoot uh, questions to us, we can, you can go to the assemblycall.com community and, and pick up questions there. Uh, but we are going to do one more ask me anything type episode with Grace as well. And who knows what kind of news may happen in the next couple of weeks with the IU women's program, but Grace, I want to give you an opportunity just to you know finish out the episode here by saying anything that you about the season about the team anything that you would like to say yeah I mean I think just just looking back on the season there were a lot of really great moments um a lot of good wins you know seeing all those fans um as we hosted in assembly hall for the first time ever like we talked about a little bit earlier um so I just you know want to thank everyone for their support because um, it means the world to us and whether we win or lose I think you know, I know myself and my teammates were all really great, grateful to represent a place like IU and represent um, the fans in Indiana and just a state that in a community that means so much to us. So um, we're all really excited to be Hoosiers. I know I'm excited to be um, a Hoosier again next year. And so I just want to, you know, encourage everyone to stick with us. And it's going to be a really, you know, a different team, but a really exciting team again next year. Yeah, I, I think you really hit a great point there. I think the team is going to be a very exciting team to watch next year, and we look forward to it. So I'll end the episode here tonight. And for Grace Berger, I'm Jeff Marlowe. You've been watching and listening to the Grace Berger Show on the Assembly Call and the Back Home Network. Until we talk next time, go Hoosiers. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.